Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Revolting, your definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gays Revolting. And welcome back, everyone. Hello. Today you are joined by our regular host. Who are they? We have the fantastic Luke, queen of the ping pong ball people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thomas, our trivia hostess with the mostess. And and Kyle, with a beautiful jawline that's sharper than a knife. Yay. Oh my God, it was nice. I'm not used to this. (laughs) I love Mikey. And then Mikey. Mikey as well. That is like... Mikey's intro is always the sweetest. Yeah. It's lovely. We are assholes. Mikey's too pure for this. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey's reads are compliments. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how dare you say something nice about me when I wasn't expecting it? How's everybody's week been? Really good. Very good. Yeah. Melbourne Fringe Festival season. Yeah. So I've been to see a lot of experimental performance art. I wonder why you got bangs. Some of it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of it has made me want to cut all funding to the arts and give it to sports. <laughs> but, wow. yeah, that's the great thing about a Fringe Festival. Yeah, I love Melbourne Fringe. It's like a kinder surprise. You yeah. never know if it shows. <laughs> yeah, it's going to been. be amazing or make you want to die. Yeah. yeah, the great thing is that whatever it is, you know that that person has poured their heart and soul into it. And sometimes it's quite fun <laughs> yeah. seeing a shit show because you're like, gee, you wow. worked just your soul years. is really <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Oh my gosh! One yeah. time, an ex of mine took me to see, I think, a live eight-hour performance oh of my God. Angels in America. <laughs> oh, and it was so dry, someone actually fainted oh. and had to be taken out. Eight hours is only the first half, isn't eight it? Eight hours. It was like two shows. You would go there. Yeah, it's just the first eight oh, hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then yeah. like another eight down. hours. Yeah, look, that's yeah. an incredible show it when is. it's done well, but I imagine seeing a <laughs> not very well-done production of it would be <laughs> In even a Melbourne more basement than the original show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Theatre. Theatre, guys. Oh, we're such cultured queens. Much culture. 
you guys might not know, but Eminem's still alive. He's just released like a new album and shocking shock. He has shocking <laughs> shock. Wait, lo and behold, he has been offensive of and course. he has dropped the F bomb and I'm not talking yeah. about fuck. <laughs> he has said the worst F bomb to me anyway. Yeah. And I don't want to say it because I don't like it. Bonnie Ver is also on the track and he's distanced himself from it because he was against it. I'm going to say the word it. just for our listeners in mind. Okay, say I've heard it a million yeah. times said it to me. Faggot! Oh, so aggressive with such conviction. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that word. I guess Mm -hmm. we can, like, talk about what you guys think as well. But, um, yeah, so... (laughs) I guess, like, it's not just a me show. I guess guess you have opinions, I guess. Um, But, like, Choice Vine and stuff, another um, fellow Australian South African, he's slightly more famous. Than you or Eminem? Than me. (laughs) He has commented on it saying that, like, not all words are for everybody, which I totally agree with. Yes. Like, yeah. Eminem is notorious. Like, heaps of songs in the past yeah. he yeah. said this yeah. word. So, in a lot of um, ways, it's not a shocking shock. Hashtag it's shocking more shock. It's <laughs> shocking shock no one's learned their lesson by 2018. But yeah, 2018. Can we, like, get mm. with it, please? Like, like you, you had one shot. It's just, it's not okay to say in, like, lyrics at all no. if you're not a gay yeah. person, if you're not reclaiming the word. I have heard people, like, I've listened to other gay podcasts and stuff, and they refer mm. to each other in this way. Yeah. It always jars me. Like, I always yeah. just get, like, a... Yeah. yeah, I don't use faggot in a... Mately term in it's not in my vocabulary, yeah, but no. I have friends that do, and I'm mm-hmm. not jarred by it when it is a gay yeah. friend. It's always using that word. Yeah. That's fine. I definitely use your silly old poof. I call my brother giant homo all the yeah, time. Yeah, like, so, <laughs> so you can sort of it's sort of the same as I just feel it, like that one's really aggressive for you. Like, it is, but yeah, yeah, like I, I sort of get it when other gays do, but I definitely am not okay with people that aren't gay using oh, it. Oh, totally. No. Yeah. Do you know I very rarely have something to say on this pod. I often have something to say on this <laughs> podcast. Anything. You're so You're quiet, so quiet. Quiet. but I rarely have something to say about pop culture stuff because. I am yeah. so back mm-hmm. in the like, 60s, Eminem? 70s and 80s. <laughs> Whenever I think of Eminem, this one very strong memory comes mm-hmm. to mind for me. So when I was in high school was when, when life was black Eminem. and white. <laughs> it's a classic gag. <laughs> I am going so fuck your mouth while you sleep. Uh, when uh, I was in like year seven, eight was when Eminem was getting huge and I was trying to fit in so desperately and I had made my mum buy me like baggy pants and all this like mm-hmm. white wrapper oh kind of clothes God. just to try and fit in. And the movie Eight Mile came out <laughs> and like all my friends were so excited and I went with my mates pretending that I loved Eminem. In the lead up to this, mm-hmm. it was already in 2000 and one a lot of controversy about him being really homophobic because he kept using yeah, the word faggot he used and stuff. Yeah. So in the build up to this, he had tried to fix his image a bit. Mm. And so in the movie, there's this like small little scene where some guy's getting like verbally abused and it's about to be a punch on, and the guy that's getting abused is gay, and Eminem stands up for him by saying to the guy that's abusing mm. him, "Fucking homo, little maggot, Paul is gay, but you are the faggot." Wait, and so it's he like, called it's the like, non-gay guy yes, the faggot. Y- yeah, okay. yeah. So he's sort of saying like, "Oh no, 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 having sex." with another man is fine but any mm. gay acting is yeah. is what I have a problem with oh, yeah. and I remember watching that and being like oh okay cool so I just can't be a faggot like I just can't be camp and, and mm. act gay and that sort of stuff that's mm. that's what I'm allowed to do and the other thing I always think about with this and it was yeah. from around about the same time his relationship with Elton John I was going to bring up Elton John's oh. my mind he's defended him a few times yes I, I didn't even know that they were like, <laughs> Elton yeah. John is quite forward with his activism usually but within this respect I feel like he's wrong. Yeah, I, the word faggot is so powerful. And I've actually talked to my friends a lot about it and thought about it a lot because there is this push to reclaim words. Yeah. And we've seen it in other minority groups where it's become a real thing that brings yeah. the community together. I feel like rappers. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> like puppets. Yes. Funny enough, all the white rappers are really <laughs> sticking together on this one. The reclaiming of faggot has just not worked. Mm. And I've seen a few social mm. attempts to do it and a yeah. few groups that have pushed. I, I kind of think that the reason why these attempts to reclaim the word haven't quite stuck and haven't worked is one we're still way too close to it and two we don't have the support of the majority saying this word is not okay in a blanket kind of way yeah that's a good point yeah do you know what and i so mean it's people with- like eminem that are keeping it okay to use exactly the word. Yeah. it's not like the end of the world to use the word faggot yeah in, yeah. in popular culture mm-hmm. funnily enough like complimentary to what you said is faggot doesn't face me at all mm-hmm. but poofta does oh really poofta oh, I'm like really jarring really? it's really, really I, maybe it's because it's like got such a bogan connotations or something and that's yeah. the group that really made my life shit when I was younger okay. yeah. poofta I have way stronger feelings towards really? exactly. I feel yeah. like that's for me no. that's so inoffensive I feel nothing neither for that. Like, like, is Poofter kind of like Australian it's yeah. very Australian yeah, 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 I was yeah like, maybe yeah. that's why because yeah. I never grew up with that yeah. but I was weirdly thinking today I was thinking of a South African slang term for gay people which is a moffy right. which is like okay. that means like you're like yeah like oh he's such a moffy yeah. yeah okay yeah like mine was never faggot it was always fag yeah. all throughout primary school it was just like you're a fag it wasn't until I made friends in sort of the last 12 months with a group of new people that they use it in a positive way within themselves and the first time yeah. I heard it they were just like oh hey faggot how's it going and I was just <sighs> like that's like, so like really, really like, like I was cool. like oh like is yeah. that okay to say but then yeah. like the more I've been around it the more I'm just like oh okay Lynn like mm-hmm. it's my gay friends saying it like it's fine but like yeah. it's still every time I hear so, it so like because like, okay. like, I'm gonna say do you have any other words that you don't feel no like everything yeah. like homo fine. I'm fine yeah. like mm-hmm. poofta never been an yeah. issue yeah. like interesting yeah for me at primary school and high school back in the black and white days when <laughs> and I yeah. me and Tom genuinely the worst thing was gay like gay yeah, was gay that's so that gay this is, yeah, gay this is gay that's gay that's gay, gay. and yeah, it was yeah. a really commonly used mm-hmm. I mean the faggot would have been used if you were getting the shit beaten out you know that yeah, was a really really common but for you gay like, like oh you're, you're you're so gay was so it was in Hollywood yeah. movie yeah. like American Pie and that sort oh. of stuff I don't know if it was American Pie specifically but that sort of genre mm. of movie from that era that were mainstream movies yeah. that every 15 year old was going to see gay was such a derogatory yeah. term and, gone, and so yeah. I think that's why I now am so embracing of that Term. Yeah. Have you also had people say to you like, "Oh, that's so gay." Like, after you've come out, yeah. like, "Oh, no, no, no," but you know what I mean. No, yeah. that like, yeah. me and you're like, oh, like, no, what? Do, you what can't. do they mean? Like, oh, no, that's so, like, so gay. Like, like straight people were like using it in that term. Like, Seriously, oh, yeah. part of the yeah. Like once you've come out to them and stuff, it's mm-hmm. sort of. Like, and then they're like, "Oh, sorry." Like you know what I mean, though. Like, I'm like, cool like, with you. I'm allowed yeah, nah. to say the yeah, amount of times I've called people out. I'm just like, you can't say that, and they're just like, "Yeah, but you know what I mean." It's like, yeah, but a lot of other words you could use. Like the guy over there that might be gay doesn't know what you mean. Like it's not what your intent is it's how you affect everyone else mm-hmm. like, i love don't reversing use it. it at work sometimes right. i'll just be in my in my office and be like oh my god this is so gay oh. and people will be like what happened i'll be like like i've just balanced a- everything <laughs> yeah. superannuation's done it's fucking amazing <laughs> it's so gay here's a term and- i'm interested to hear your opinions on fag hag <gasps> or queer deer or fruit fly but fag hag specifically. Fag hag yeah. specifically. I'm interested in I remember growing up, like, mm, my best like girlfriend, like, she referred to herself as a fag hag, and we all called her a fag hag. But then once we came out of school, it was sort of like, nah, let's just not call you that anymore. Like, yeah, Because it has that negative yeah. connotation to it. You guys I've had straight friends who are like, do not call me that. Like, yeah. I will not be. She's like, because yeah. it just comes with a whole kind of image of, like, a... I think well, my understanding is like a desperate kind of like older like maybe woman who just surrounds herself with a whole yeah. gay community like yeah I think there's some 
outdated misogyny in the term. I've never had a fag hag. I've never had <laughs> fag hag experience yeah. to relate to. But knowing the women that I know, mm-hmm. any sort of phrase to describe them that was coined from outside the female community is generally not a good... Because if we're talking about the name itself as opposed to the culture around Are we talking about the hag part or the fag part? (laughs) Yeah, I think the hag part and and the connotations that come Mm -hmm. with that and not particularly flattering to the women. It's not like a beautiful... It's interesting because I I know that it's not generally an accepted term so I would never just meet a woman at a bar and say, oh, be my fag hag, you know. But I... (laughs) When I was going through the coming out process and I came out to some of my close girlfriends who were very popular at school and that sort of thing, they embraced the term. And I think what made me feel good about it and why we have still used the term when talking to each other is they were putting themselves down, being like, well, he's with me. And if he's a fag, I'm the hag. And and it was sort of like this way of us putting ourselves together in a weird way. Does that make sense? But I do get why it's not a socially, generally acceptable term to use. Things were also in black and white back then. It was. (laughs) Enid Blyton had just released her second novel. It was so exciting. Yeah. This sounds really stupid when I say it mm-hmm. out loud, but it's something I mean, most things do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome. But it's something I think about all the time. I've started to see it pop up online and in my newsfeed a lot, and it's this really, forgive me, dumb sounding question of, am I gay enough? It's something I've thought about a lot mm-hmm. when I was coming out and finding my space within the community. There's quite a public image of what it is to be gay, which isn't necessarily created by us to like begin with, like stereotypes, yeah. etc. People are judgmental just by nature and clicky and things mm-hmm. like that. So I've been told a lot of times throughout my life that I wasn't necessarily gay enough because I didn't know the Sondheim playbook, for example. Or <laughs> You should just show them your um, photo gallery in your phone. Exactly. Sure <laughs> and that was always my argument. It's like, I suck enough dick. Yeah. What yeah. else do I need to do? <laughs> like, I think that's pretty gay. What yeah. actually makes me gay? And the difference between being a part of... Mm-hmm. The scene, which is yeah. really interesting, the and it's the first and- thing I thought of when you said, "Am I gay enough?" Because the things yeah. that you describe as being gay enough are not the things that I think of oh. when you ask the question. Like you're talking about, like, do I know enough? Sometimes stuff. Yeah. And for me, like, yeah, I love my fucking musicals, and I'm at the gay bars all the time, and that sort of shit, and I love going to drag shows and that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I don't feel I'm good at doing as a gay or or gay enough at Mm. is my social media stuff and online stuff being quirky enough on my ironic Instagram stories or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. That's what's so interesting about this is like there are new ways that people are feeling excluded from the gay community. It's like we keep (laughs) figuring out new ways. What else can we do? To make (laughs) ourselves feel bad. But the online part of this discussion is a really big part of it. It is. And I didn't realise until doing this podcast and learning from you guys how much of the community is not in the physical space no, of the community yeah, yeah, and is so only online um, and, and from the lovely messages we've been receiving from people in rural areas as well as inner city gays but um, like I know what you mean like when you say like am I gay enough because mm-hmm. like it wasn't until I moved to the city that like I sort of felt 
gay enough. Mm. And like, because yes. I hadn't ever really surrounded myself with gay people. Like where I lived, it was all straight people. There were like my few gay friends in high school, but like we're all sort of just like trying to fit in with everybody else. And then when it was like I moved to the city, it was just like, oh fuck, do I have to look this way? Yeah. Do I have to act this way? Like my social media is not like all these other gay people. Like, yeah, it was really daunting. Because when I first moved to the city, it was just me hanging out with my skate friends and we were doing our thing. And it was, I made a Did few- you say skate friends? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you a skater? I am a skater, yeah. You just skate, like skateboard. So skateboard, I'm a sponsored roller skater. Did you not read his bio? Um, <laughs> I genuinely- Piece of shit. <laughs> Have we talked about this on the podcast? Yeah, uh, no, we haven't. Like, I- Oh my God, Mikey, I want to see you skate. That's yeah, so, so I used was to- a skater boy. I used to referee roller derby and I skate oh in skate God, parks. And you like, should do like the first ever skateboard drag show. <laughs> oh, a drag queen skater, that'd, that'd be, be the coolest thing right. ever. Yeah, that'd be Can sick. we start a YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Drag queen, uh, donate Roller to our Derby. PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But Sorry, yeah, no. So Rob, like, but I'm just, I didn't yeah, know that about you. That's so like, amazing. Yeah. I just hung out with my skate friends and that was it. And then I started mm. making gay friends in mm. my area where I lived because it was just like, let's get on Grindr. Let's like yeah. hook up with people, whatever. And actually made friends. And then sort of they took me out to the gay bars. Mm. And it was just like, oh, there's this whole other side mm. that I had no idea about. And it was just because I've been so introverted a lot of my life that it was just like, oh, let's see where this takes me. And that sort of led me into, like, doing drag and embracing my feminine side and, like, really embracing my gayness and being like, I can be both. I don't have to be one or the other. Like, you can be the first skating drag queen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's so cool. The grinder thing that you bring up is interesting, and I think that's what's really separated the community mm-hmm. a lot and perhaps why we were closer prior to it. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing because yeah. it's obviously giving access to a lot of people that can't go into the physical space for whatever reason, yeah. the ability to communicate with other gay people. But I do feel like I don't, uh, there's two Facebook groups that I'm obsessed with, Lost Gay Sydney and Lost Gay Melbourne. I don't know if oh, any of you guys know. Recommend joining it if you are under the age of 50 or so and didn't live in either of those areas. You're welcome to join it, but not post. It's okay, it's for people from I'd say or people that were active on the gay scene from 1990 prior to rejoin post memories, post photos, that sort of thing. And it is fucking beautiful, it is Mm -hmm. so lovely. And when I look at these photos, I look at those photos from the scene, and it was way more inclusive than now. There was blurred lines between trans and drag, and no one really gave a fuck about it. And and for a lot of people, drag was for trans people at the time, it was a way of expressing how they felt yeah. in a way that they could still live a life that was socially acceptable. Racially, it was a lot more diverse. There was so much more Indigenous drag performers in Melbourne back then than there are now, which I think is a huge shame and that sort of yeah. stuff. But I feel like now we've got these, oh, this is a space where this kind of gay goes and this is a space where this yeah. kind of gay goes. And we've mm-hmm. also got this online thing, which is separating us even further. And yeah, it makes mm-hmm. me a little bit sad. For me, it's not, I guess, always been the question of, am I gay enough? But, like, growing up and stuff, like, am I too gay? Like, I need to, like, control this kind of thing. Yeah, right. And then, obviously, like, I mean, as I'm growing older, like, I'm getting way more comfortable with myself and everything. But I do compare myself to a lot of people in the way that, like, oh, I don't know musicals and Mm. things like that. And my interests lie in different areas, like video games and comic books Mm. and things. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like, I'm not, like, the sure diehard fan. Like, (laughs) am I gay enough? Yeah, no, being here and everything, like, just being like around different people and being around you guys learning to embrace 
yourself. And yeah, it's funny that you guys have brought up musicals and sharing that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like you just you have this yeah. very stereotypical and I, idea. I think both have that. Yeah. We enjoy just, that kind yeah. of culture, and I think the reason I embrace it so much is because mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to talk about it yeah. for that's so it. long. Yeah, so that's my rebellion against totally. pop yeah. culture, and and I've said many times before I don't really engage with current yeah. pop culture that much anymore yeah. because I that was the thing that I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to enjoy when I was younger was like yeah. these 60s and 70s yeah. old albums that my grandma would play for me but I don't think you should feel like you're not gay enough for not embracing that just accept yeah. that for the gay men that do it's mm-hmm. because they now can and probably couldn't yeah. I mean like my brother's to. always kind of just been my role model he's like my older brother like gay brother he's my he, yeah, he's yeah. like <laughs> calendar model for yeah, me yeah. But yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> um, and they've always kind of modelled myself of him in a way that like when I turned 18 and everything he took me to my first gay club and everything yeah. like that so I think so I was cool. very fortunate to have that kind of you different are, yeah, experience yeah I'm, I'm really envious um, of you guys yeah so, so that's yeah. always been really cool and I have a really good relationship with him Mm. it's interesting we keep bringing up musicals because that was something a group of gay men were actually very derogatory and like put me down about when i first came out in the scene and it took me a while to realize that that wasn't indicative of the gay community that was indicative of Of people being mean yeah Yeah. which happens across all different cultures that that little group of men are doing just to very quickly interrupt Mm. is they're probably so used to hearing oh you haven't seen the last fast and furious movie (laughs) or whatever straight people watch i don't know yeah but that's like that's their space where they can be like oh i'm gonna do that but about what i know kind of thing which doesn't make it okay yeah but that you're right that's what human beings unfortunately some human beings do yeah, the reason why I think about it a lot is it's time for the mental health hour. <laughs> <laughs> Get out your is, notes. <laughs> I myself have struggled with social anxiety for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Like it was killing me. It was the biggest hurdle I had to hop over. I couldn't fathom the idea of being in a group of people I didn't know. Yeah. I couldn't fathom going out into an environment where I wasn't in control of every single aspect. And when you look into the figures and you go, well, the rates of depression and anxiety in our community are double that of the normal there are a lot of people in our community with social anxiety mm. And it's such an imprisoning anxiety. It's something that takes over almost all aspects of your life. And, and it's very hard to shake. Mm. It takes a lot of work. I have a lot it of- takes res- a long time. A lot of time. Yeah. A lot of failure as well. Mm. It takes a lot of Absolutely. going out and failing at it yeah. and feeling awful yeah. to get over it or yeah. to get better at managing it. And for me and my experiences in being a part of, quote unquote, the scene Mm. was that I wasn't fully in control of my social anxiety and that was not an environment that I could feel comfortable in Mm. not because of the musicals and not because of the content but because of being around other people in that sense I'm really happy that we do have active online communities especially you know our Facebook group people have sort of posted some really lovely stuff in there and talking to each other and the gamer gamer community. Oh, uh, yeah, I joined that on Facebook. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's for people that. that have different interests that mm. maybe have some barriers to being yeah. out and in the scene can also be a part of the community. Um, yeah. To counteract that too from doing this show and from working on my social anxiety and being out and about. I've seen how much life that gives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, I live my best life when I'm out and mm-hmm. six bottles 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can see yeah. both sides and go, oh, this really makes sense mm, to yeah. me, but I couldn't have done one without the other. Mm. And yeah. I think it's interesting to like see what people consider the scene to be like, because it's different interpretations. Absolutely. Different that, interpretations. Is, yeah. that is something that, that I'm people. learning. Like mm. for me, I consider the scene people who are like out at the clubs and then they're the gays who have like all the attractive gay friends and they'll go to like brunch with 40 yeah. of them. Mm. To me, like that's the scene, like all the popular gays. It's like mm. a high school kind of cafeteria or mm. something. Yeah, the cool gays. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And you just see them on all each other's stories and they mm. go on holiday and like meeting us together and stuff. Yeah. So for me, like that's the scene. But like mm. I know to other people, the scene is completely, completely different. different. The interesting thing that I've just realized that we've all touched on mm. is being ostracized from other parts of our community for not having knowledge of something, whether it's pop yes. culture or whatever. Yeah. And just to point a fact out, like Luke and Mikey and I are guilty of that. I'm just thinking like we have read Kyle for not having watched Priscilla Queen All of the, the time, like yeah. on the way like, here. In four <laughs> separate times. episodes of this. Yeah. But it's an so interesting awkward. thing. And now we're talking about like, okay, so great. It's great that social media has made a space for gamers mm-hmm. to connect and make their little yeah. pod. Yeah. And for the Music Theatre Queens to connect and make their yeah. But what we maybe need to be more conscious of is while it's great to have your little pod, mm-hmm. don't isolate, isolate yourselves in that pod. Yeah. I personally don't have a problem with little prod and a jab at each other for not knowing something but perhaps also being mindful that that person doesn't live in that world that you live Mm -hmm. in and Mm -hmm. and trying to sort of share information rather than tease each other for not having it did we just solve the world Uh, yes (laughs) show's done (laughs) and that's the last ever episode So we have a fan submitted. Oh, these are the topic, best. These yeah. are my favorite. Which I love. Oh my god. Um, it's gonna be something gross. <laughs> Sick people. I mean, to some people it's gross, to some people it's amazing. <laughs> what For is me, it? Man's it's trash. amazing. It's another man's um, a fan submitted sex toys this week. Let's, sex toys, that's the question, a, is it? No, 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 no not the question. question. No. Sex toys. They <laughs> sent in us a dildo. No, I'm joking. Yeah, they what? submitted <laughs> a sex toy. <laughs> me personally. How you live it. Yeah, yeah. No, I love a good vibrating dildo oh yeah yeah is it personal use or in personal use generally i mean i have partner played in the past i'd just rather just have sex you got a spare dick yeah i mean like i've got one right here like (laughs) (laughs) no no no. i i'm a big fan of like the soft silicon ones with like a vibrating center does it They're look like, like real a dick or is it just like floppy. a kind no, of... No, it looks like a dick. It's, it's like just... floppy, but oh. it's just... Oh, yeah. and it's got the vibrating coil yeah, inside yeah, 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 totally. I remember one time there was this silver daddy that I was hooking out with. Silver, silver daddy. Is that like and a silver box? Like, yeah, that like, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And it had been like our third hookup. Okay. We were like halfway through. I was bottoming and he like pulled out and then all of a sudden I just felt a he dildo go straight in me and I was oh. just like... Um, you know it was there? No, like oh. I had no idea. And I was Better just than like, the other way around, I think. That's sort of, yeah, little but bit. I was just like, oh, wrong. okay, this is happening, whatever. And then it's just like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And then we finished and then I never saw it. Was again. that your first was, toy yeah, experience? Yeah, yeah, that was my yeah. first toy experience with someone else. Yeah. And it was just so unexpected that I was just like, boop, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a huge amount of toy experience. The, the oh. first one I do remember, I don't know if I talked about it in this podcast or I talked about it in private with you, like, but um, <laughs> Same when thing. I was it's hard to when tell I was in us. high, like when I was like year seven or eight, oh. my parents had bought me a. Um, like what a did s- your parents buy you? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
a CD player. Oh, dear God, thank you. Okay. That had a built-in radio. And I'd stay up late at night listening. And one night I'm like surfing the channels. Is that what you call yeah. it? Oh, my God. And found what I now think must have been Joy 94.9, which for anyone outside oh, of inner city Melbourne is an LGBTI Melbourne radio station. Yeah. And I worked out that at nine o'clock at night, they had a sex show where they gave tips about sex. And they had a guy talking about putting stuff up your butt. And it never even crossed oh, my, my God. mind that you could put <laughs> yeah, something absolutely. inside your butt. Like it was not even yeah. a... Th- we didn't Shocking have the internet shock. back then. So. Shocking shock. <laughs> so I'm like looking around my room for something to stick up my butt. And oh. they, didn't, they didn't tell you what kind of things you should be putting up your butt. Yeah, so I, And I was really into arts and crafts no. at the time. And I <laughs> had this like going? craft kit that had paddle pop sticks. Ah, yeah. like, oh, why with you like the splintery yeah. like, so sounding <laughs> shit? Found this, and I didn't know about lube either. They didn't explain that on yes, the show. Yes, we know so you I'm don't know about lube. <laughs> you think animals. <laughs> so I stuck a paddle pop stick up my butt, and thank God I didn't get any splinters. Ow. Oh, and then really the only other time that I've used toys was one of my ex-boyfriends, and a long time ago we were both bottoms when we started dating. Mm. Double Yeah, we got a double-ended dildo. <laughs> I went out and bought us a double-ended dildo, which I thought would be really sexy, but it was really just sort of like, the, do you remember that cartoon cat dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, had the cat on one end and the dog on the other end. We basically- <laughs> like you were joined together. <laughs> we were basically just cat, like there was no romance because you couldn't really look at each other no. with your butts together. Mm. Oh, wow. I honestly feel, and I've been drunk and like paraded this opinion around a uh-huh. few times, yeah. but I honestly think that dildos are like the next crossover into mainstream heterosexual culture. Well, male heterosexual culture. Oh, I was culture. like, um, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, where yeah. you been? <laughs> Getting there. But I constantly pressure, probably not in an appropriate way, JB, my mm. heterosexual best friend, <laughs> to start exploring the wonderful world of his butthole oh, and wow. all that happens down there. What, what in the butt? Dildos, uh, even the smaller little eggs and, and, yeah. and yes. anal beads and things. And all I literally think needs to happen is someone needs to get whoever does the marketing and design for like Lynx Africa body <laughs> oh sprays and get them to start putting tribal tattoo oh, marks yeah. 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 all over these big black dildos yeah. and selling them to the straight men. Just writing oh, four just like men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just adding four men and putting the Collingwood colors. Yeah. <laughs> All around that day. Yeah, the AFL grand final yeah. deal, yeah. It will That's cross it. over, and heterosexual men, the one thing they love more than sex is being able to have sex by themselves yeah. without yeah. interacting with other people. And it'd probably be good for society if some of them Absolutely. Well. <laughs> Don't they have, like, oh. flashlights for that now? It's like yeah, the male but, yellow kind yeah, of Yeah, but I think yeah. once they discover the joys of butt sex. Yeah, that's butt it. Sex. Totally. Like, I've got oh. two confirmed straight friends that love being pegged by the Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. pegging. Yeah, they're all about it. And you got them into it? No. <laughs> I wish. Oh. No, no, no. Wow. Why is it called pegging? It's just That's actually you're... a really good yeah, question. Why is it like... oh, I've imagined, but I don't think that this is correct. Uh, no, tell you me. You know, there's really been... old school pegs that had like three prongs. Oh, my God. Where you put one prong over one side of the... Um, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, coat. yeah, it kind of mm. looks like that. That's what I imagined, but I don't know if that's correct. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> I don't know. One time, hi, JB. <laughs> one time, J- oh, this is a really embarrassing for him. He texted me and said, like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but something's happening with my butthole. Well, he texted and, the expert. And he yeah. texted the expert yes. because a lot of things have happened with my butthole in my 32 years. <laughs> I said, have you looked at it? Like, what's going on? And he said, no, I haven't looked at it. 
I said, you have to. It's like a rite of passage. You don't know what you're working with. You could have a beautiful butthole down there. Yeah. You need to check it out. And so I Ubered to his house and said, we're doing this. We're looking at your butthole. Tried to find a mirror or something and told him squat over it, look down, easy as anything. Oh, I no. grabbed like some little mirror. Oh, no. Said, take this to the fucking bathroom, look at your butthole and tell me <laughs> what it looks like. And I don't actually think he ended up doing it. He couldn't follow through. And He's that afraid of his own butthole? Yeah, straight men wow. are very terrified of their mm-hmm. own buttholes. But it was lucky that he didn't because half an hour later, his girlfriend came home mm-hmm. and I told the story and said, JB's so frightened of his own body. <laughs> he yeah. couldn't look at his butthole in this mirror. And she said, oh my God, that is my like mystic Chinese <laughs> spirit mirror. Oh! <laughs> That's my spirit. <laughs> that is tainted with evil. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. That is fucked up. Yeah, almost saw straight oh. into his oh. hole. I don't really have much experience at all with any sex toys. Very vanilla in that way. But I have researched. Your boyfriend's basically a sex toy. Well, yeah, so beautiful. No, he is. I did some research and holy fuck, there's some weird shit out there. There are zombie themed dicks. Yeah. yeah. You see there's, that? Yeah. There's dinosaur themed like, ones. Oh, there's Have like alien those? ones or like metal robot fucking flashlights yeah. and shit. I'm yeah. like, who is into this? And then like putting all like, I know we spoke about the guy who put all the hard boiled eggs in his butt. Yeah, like, yeah, but people yeah. are like, that's oh, a yeah. whole thing. Like putting yeah. rubber eggs in yourself and yeah. like yeah. laying them. Laying yeah. eggs, yeah. 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 Whoa, this is um, a bit daunting. Do you know that like, Adelaide, Adelaide is the highest sex shop per capita <gasps> city in Australia? Perverts. What? No you, shit, that's you, true. It is true. Adelaide is perverts. First time I was in Adelaide, I was doing a drag show opening for some no name comedian and uh, <laughs> I realised I hadn't packed my shoes and had to run to a sex shop to get some men- man-sized high heel shoes and I walked in and they had just talking about the zombie <gasps> dick thing yeah. they had the, it was really freaky in a glass coffin okay. a life-size sex doll of this girl that looked maybe 16 at the most <gasps> that was like dead with her arms folded and oh. eyes closed but it was like a fleshy oh so, oh, so that's yeah. like necrophiliac yeah, yeah, and it was like fucked. it was like, like four doll. grand or something like that, but it was like a yeah, it was like a human uh, size. Have you real seen? Dolls? Does it count as a sex toy? Those people who dress in like the full doll latex kind of suits and no, they are like. Not. Have you seen that? I'm kind yeah. of not into it, but I fucking <laughs> oh, go them. Like they've started a whole community. But like uh, yeah, so they wear like the whole latex yeah, rubber the latex face yeah, yeah. and they have the everything the and dolls, they're just like yeah, yeah, and then it's like it's in the galaxy of sex toys, sex toy galaxy. 
And uh, we are joined with a special guest, one of the most popular gay comedians in Australia, in fact, if not around the world, and also my best friend, Joel Creasy. Thank you. I'm so I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to have you, and it's just me and Luke. Uh, I thought you were introducting you. me at first. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm hoping my, hoping my big break. Yes, yeah, I think it will be. be. Yeah. 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 yeah, we'll We're tag, you, we'll tag you on social <laughs> yeah, media. Fabulous. Yeah. So let's start off with you've started hosting a new show, a dating show, Take yes. Me Out. Yes, it's very highbrow. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, you're the first out and proud gay man hosting a primetime game show, which is like a gold gig here in Australia because we love our game show. I think <laughs> yeah. the first gay man hosting their own show on, on commercial, on commercial television. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. When you got that role, did that kind of hit home that this was kind of a landmark? Uh, oh, I didn't realise until someone mentioned it. And also it's kind of on Channel 7, which I guess is one of the more conservative networks, yeah. but they've been awesome. So mm. when the f- show was first announced, because it's dating and it's season one is all straight people, people having a go at me saying, why aren't there any gay people on this yeah, show? Yeah, as if yeah. straight people aren't allowed to date anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. and no longer date now that the yes vote has gone through. Like, no, no, they, they still date as well. Yeah. They can still have their lives. And also ignoring the fact that they have a very gay host, so mm. that, that box is kind of ticked. But yeah, it's been fun. Mm. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, I'll admit when you told me about it instantly when I think dating show, I think Bachelor, that kind of thing, which yeah. is not my... No, not like my there's, there's a place for it, but it's not my bag. You mm. know? But having watched it, what I like is it sort of turned that whole thing on its head. It's making fun of itself. It's a I gag. Yeah, it's, it's a gag. Yeah. You host it really well. Thanks. And you're so fucking gay. The, I have known <laughs> you for a very long time and I've been very proud of many things you've done. The proudest I've ever been is when you got your fir- first gay man to host a TV show on commercial television on Channel 7 and within the mm. first six minutes you'd made a water sports gag. I oh, yeah, <laughs> I did too. Yeah, it's, it's a, there's a lot of innuendo on yeah. that show. Yeah. And the girls are really funny as well. And the yeah. girls are properly funny. Yeah. And the thing is we would love to change it up. I, I mean, I'm hoping it gets renewed so we can do like, we can do a gay version because yeah. we would love to. Well, they've done one on the British And it's done really show, well and they've they? done a yeah. Cougar's version which yeah. is apparently oh, hilarious heaven, yeah. they've done lots of different versions and we people are think, also thinking that we're ignoring certain you know groups but we, we would love to do a gay version but first season just eight apps and the girls yeah. stay I so would we, say it's one of the more diverse dating shows on Australian television oh my god the girls are every, every How, walk of life I'm interested to know what like what process goes into interviewing those girls because normally when you see people chatting on shows where they're not media trained they're really awkward and embarrassing but these yeah. girls are quite funny I don't know I think with those sort of reality shows that they do they do a mental health test with everyone and if you fail, you're on the show. Yeah, right. yeah. I think that's how it works. That's when, how you got your career. Well, when I did, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I had to. I did. Uh, th- I had a three hour psych, and then had to answer. I probably had spent a whole day answering all these questions. It was maybe like a fifty page document. Mm. Probably mm. failed it, and they're like, "Great, let's get him." Yeah. When I <laughs> tried to get on Survivor, I actually sent a letter from my psych about how fucked up my childhood was. Yes. Oh, they would love that. <laughs> yes, yeah. straight. Yeah. In. Who died? Who died? And we want exactly. Know. Yeah. And then put a little note saying, "Look, I'm crazy enough to start shit." but not too crazy that I would stab someone on an island. Yeah, great. That's the perfect and crazy. That's, I think that's how they get people on the Was that shows. the original Survivor or the Revival Survivor? Revival Survivor. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. With so it was the original, I was going to say you were Asian and <laughs> that was well, 90s I, I, wide Australia. You yeah, I, I positioned myself as a triple minority so they oh, could get yeah. two more white people yeah. on. Oh, and it's Channel but, 10. They would love that. <laughs> <laughs> they would love that. <laughs> but that wasn't, it wasn't my time. If Channel 10 could have like a gypsy hosting the project, they would. Like that. <laughs> Like, yeah. There's one box they have not ticked yet. <laughs> now, you and I have been friends for a long time. When yeah. we first became friends, I had more Twitter followers than you. I That's remember, obviously yes. changed <laughs> quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. As you, you know, continue to rise, do you sort of feel a bit of pressure to represent the LGBTI community? And do you find yourself getting called a role model a lot because you're in the public eye? 
Well, I get caught because members of the the gay community go, oh, he doesn't ever mention us yet. Then I get told by other members of the gay community, oh, he embarrasses us and he's too gay. So I'm in this weird middle ground where I can't seem to please everyone. Uh, But I feel like going on, you know, talk show appearances and just talking about relationships in my life are kind of, you know. That is progression. That is progression. But honestly, truly, I've actually addressed it on stage. The second I mention the word gay on stage or anything like, or boyfriend, I immediately get labelled gay comedian Joel Creasy, which is like, you know, the second Hughesy mentions his wife, you know, go, oh, heterosexual comedian Dave Hughes. So it's a a weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he is the head of heterosexual comedians. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't think if people, I get a lot of young people asking me for advice of coming out. And I actually, I had a very, a very easy coming out. So I'm probably not the best person to ask, but I give whatever advice I can. Yeah. Mm. Going to your shows, I'm always blown away by how many. How much shit I've managed to make up. (laughs) That. (laughs) How many of my jokes you steal? No. Um, A lot. No, it's from an Adam Richard show. Um, (laughs) No, I'm always really happy and blown away by the amount of like suburban or rural Australians that are probably not exposed to gay culture that come to your show and are not at all flustered by the fact that you're talking about sucking dick on stage. Yeah. yeah, Or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You're really achieving, you're kicking goals for it. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. No, I don't have many gay people come to my shows at all. I think I'm like not cool in the gay, gay well, community Well, it's probably because I can see you at Poof Doof every weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've slept with most of them. Um, so, yeah. But no, I just did Darwin Festival, which is an amazing yeah. festival. And I had the coolest, most weird, different crowd up there. And they were great. Mm. I was performing outside. It was fun. It's funny, like, tying into... We talked before about the gay online community, which is, like, notoriously harsh. And <laughs> oh, my God. Tricky to navigate. But it just yeah. popped into my head. Before I, like, knew about this show, before I knew Tom, I actually saw a post, I think, a friend had shared it that you had written think before Pride about like body dysmorphia. Oh yeah, was, yeah, before Mardi Gras. It was the first time I kind of saw you, to be completely honest, in a different light of like, oh, yeah. this is someone who actually does have a lot of viewpoints on the yeah. LGBT community and is a really important person for us to have. I know, I thought that post was important to do before Mardi Gras, particularly because I also host it as well. I, I live in, the, I'm in my 20s, I go to places like Poof Doofers and go to my, I go to all those younger parties where I guess, you know, there is a bit of body shaming going on. I'm in a weird middle ground between the host of the SBS broadcast of people watching at home and the person that does go to those yeah. filthy, filthy, but fun parties. So I thought I needed to say something because I know yeah. people that starve themselves before yeah. Mardi Gras. And I saw some douchebag who I own, was only hate following anyway on Instagram in about October with a picture of a donut with a red cross through it. Can't have it shredding for Mardi Gras. Yeah. And I was like, just eat the donut. That would be the most interesting thing you do this week. Yeah. <laughs> Night one of Take Me Out a couple of weeks ago. The first tweet I got from someone was, you've never looked fatter. Like, boom, like the second the show I went to yeah. It's like, great, thank you. I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry I said that. I know, yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was, it was to the point, and I've remembered it. Yeah. Um, now, when you were young, and you talked about this in your book, but also you talk about it a lot on stage. When you were young, you were obsessed with Joan Rivers. Oh my God, she's the best. And uh, I lied to her, and she's one of the big reasons you got into comedy. Well, I got internet in my room when I was 15. <laughs> yeah. I had a laptop yeah. that I'd saved up from working at McDonald's. Yeah. And um, and I got I was stayed up one night watching YouTube. I hadn't discovered porn yet. And um, and was watching I got in a YouTube black hole on just Joan Rivers talk show appearances mm. and stayed up all night until I had to go to school the next morning. And I was sitting in English class the next day and I was like, I'm gonna be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I really relate to that 75-year-old woman with all the plastic surgery in America. Yeah. Whereas most boys around me were like, I really like 
Clayton Hewitt. Yes. I, like, I think Joan Rivers is fabulous. And who lasted longer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, one of the, my fondest memories of, like, your career is we, we were in New York and you opened for Joan. Yeah. And it was just before she went into the surgery that she died from. Yeah, she was just having vocal I surgery. got to see it from the stage. Yeah. Backstage. Yeah. Joan Rivers. She was amazing. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't remember. Like, she was so she was so modest. Yeah. So chill. I think the most rock and roll thing about her was no matter where she was, no matter what arena she was playing, you know, she's beloved worldwide and also despised worldwide. Like, but, you know, she was an icon. No matter where she was, her rider demands. And I've seen some insane rider demands, mm. like, backstage at the Arias from mm. artists with, you know, like, one top ten Australian single. Yes. Um, Thank you, Casey Donovan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Joan Rivers' rider demand was um, a prawn cock. Cocktail and a glass of house red. Yeah. Oh, beautiful! And like so she's old Muriel school as Hesler. well. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. And she'd sit backstage dunking her little prawn into uh, the Thousand Island dressing, be like, "Kate Blanchett, she's a whore. Tell me about her. Tell me about her. She's a whore, right?" And like, I don't know her, Joan, but yeah, sure, she's a whore. <laughs> Do you? Did you get to talk to her about how you idolized her when you were younger? Or yeah, I totally cool spoke to, to her about about yeah. I freaked out at meeting her, and she also just spoke to me like a peer, which she didn't have to. And I also, if she hadn't spoken to me like a peer, I. I still would have idolised her. Mm. But she she said things like... She chose you for that gig, didn't yeah, she? she? Yeah, she personally online, chose yeah. you. Yeah. And she was like, stand up. We, you know what it's like. And you know, and, and she actually asked me, I can never remember and it kills me, she asked me for advice on a joke that she's going to do that night. And I'm certain she didn't require the advice and it was an old she joke she was doing, okay, but she wanted yeah. to make it uh, special. And I was like, well, Joan, what I would do... And I probably gave her the word. I probably like killed the joke for her. But yeah, she was so sweet. You don't have to answer this question if you want, but do you want to tell, her, tell everyone what she said about Josh Thomas? So, oh uh, well, no. <laughs> you don't have. We she can said cut that she did now. say. She did say. She was like, "Who's that little shit I met from Australia?" And I was like, "Oh, who could it be? Like little shit." And she like she was like click, clicking on stage to a manager off stage, like, "Who is it? Who is it?" And then obviously the manager yells out the name, and then she turns to the crowd. She's oh. Josh Thomas. <laughs> so my day, week, month was made. Yeah, life, yeah, <laughs> career. Yeah. yeah, thank you for having me stay at your house, Josh Thomas. <laughs> Last time I was in LA a couple of weeks ago. I'm <laughs> sure he's good at other things. Yeah, we will tag in the post. <laughs> <laughs> this goes out. Now, you actually mentioned you host Mardi Gras coverage here yes. in Australia, which is basically gay Christmas yeah. for us. Mm. But you also do Eurovision. Oh, yeah, that is Which gay Christmas is for Europe. <laughs> like our gay Hanukkah. Gay, gay Easter. <laughs> yeah, like our other ever. gay holiday. In our community, do you see yourself as some sort of like Santa figure, some kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you bump into me at a nightclub, I'm certainly Santa. He'll certainly give you a little present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people hate that I have both of those jobs, so maybe I'm conceived more as a devil. Josh Thomas, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually know which one's gay either, Mardi Gras or Eurovision. They're both so They're pretty gay. Yeah. Gay. Eurovision yeah. is hilarious just the people from around the world tell us about the dramas from the last Eurovision oh my god you're there with me for Warhurst the amazing human Shazam yeah (laughs) we replaced Julie Zemira and Sam Pang who we loved as well we didn't kill them like the Australian public were you know like tweeting us they resigned and I loved them and night one we were really nervous because the pressure was on to deliver a great commentary and we got to our commentary box and we're like walking past like Graham Norton in the UK commentary box it's very cool he's a few doors down and I think people forget that there's like 50 Boxes, 43 countries yeah. Plus a lot of countries Like America broadcast Yeah so they've got These tiny little Like shipping container Sized boxes Yeah it's they... tiny It's like two meter, three metres By one metre yeah. Tiny little And ours is one of The bigger ones Because we have two hosts And I 
could see a box in the distance, a commentary box. I mean, like, up above 20,000 people. The show's half an hour till it starts. I could see all these people jam-packed into one of the commentary boxes, yelling, and a lot of people with headphones and holding cables. It's mm. like, oh, God, please don't let that be the Australian commentary box. And, of course, it was. <laughs> this is in Ukraine. And we got there, and we're like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, we can't contact Australia. Oh, and yeah, I said, fucking what? And they said, yeah, we can't contact Australia. And I went, what, yeah. do, you, like, what do you mean? Are you, like, what, 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 have you paid the phone bill? What do you mean you can't? Well, also, our we internet's do, pretty yeah, shit. The NBN. So do the yeah. NBN, Sounds like yeah. the NBN. I know. But we're like, we, we do TV, we do like TV crosses from war zones. You can't, the biggest song competition in the world, get a just a, a line to Australia. And they go, well, do you want to try? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in there. You worked at McDonald's. You've I worked got some at McDonald's. Real life I've got to plugging things in. And then Miff came in about five minutes. And I said, Joel, get out, babe, get out. So it's like a couple of minutes till we're meant to be on and we said to everyone, just get out. And we're just going to have to do the broadcast and hope Australia can hear us. There's nothing we can do. So we go to air. The show starts. There's this act on stage, singing Ukrainian. And I'm like, good morning, Australian. Good evening, Europe. And hello, Myth. And then as I go to say something else, some Ukrainian technician starts screaming down our headsets, Australia, turn your commentary box on. Turn your... And because our headset is, our microphone is connected to the headset, we can't take it off. But we also can't say, we have turned it on, asshole, because we can't, we're not sure if Australia can hear us. They just kept talking. So we just had to ignore the screaming. And I'm like, Miff, you look lovely this evening. (laughs) And then Australia suddenly wakes up and this technician at SBS in Sydney goes, Australia, have you tried turning your commentary box on? (laughs) So we've got one yelling in one ear, one yelling in the other. We're trying to host the show. And I'm like, I have pressed every fucking button in here. (laughs) I pressed every button so hard. I've almost pushed it through to the Austrian commentary box. (laughs) And anyway, it was just a nightmare. And people are tweeting us being like, oh, Miff and Joel are so bad. They've already been pulled off air. all that crap it was a very very stressful yeah evening. meanwhile yeah. i'm at like the peel at seven o'clock in the morning fucked off my face getting text messages from joel saying we don't know how to turn the commentary box yeah on. it's a nightmare <laughs> do you know what to do but and it I bonded me for i because we went back to her hotel room and had a beer and a xanax and kind of like fell asleep in each other's arms on her yeah. bed so mm. yeah we are mm. good friends i'm sorry i brought it up <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of people that get angry you've mentioned once that you came at the age of 16 um your teachers and school principal didn't react very well but since you've started getting more public notoriety they've asked you back to speak with students um, which you've a request that you've ignored is that satisfying for you? It is satisfying they were like just so jerky and also I, I was went to a private boys school I graduated in 2007 which is not that long ago I was out to the other students who did not have a problem with it since I reckon of maybe 140 in my year 20 at least are out and gay. Mm. Not a single mention of the words gay or anything in sex ed or any sort of gay relationship. While you're at school. At school, yeah. at all. I didn't know anything. I didn't know... Yeah, it was. It, was, it kind of blows my mind that, you know, a, a school mm. that caters for all boys didn't provide us any education mm. on that front. So, yeah, I'm not a, not a fan of the school. Yeah. <laughs> also, they've got money. They can fly you over if they really want to look after you. <laughs> well, we sent them some insane quote when they asked me to, to speak. And I was yeah. like, well, if they, if they say no, I just look like I'm really killing it. Even yeah. though I wouldn't normally charge so much. And if they say yes, I'm fucking loaded. <laughs> See, that's how I know when Joel doesn't want to come to one of my drinks because I just get like a, a bill for getting an invoice or a call from grand. my yeah. manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to that yeah. email. Yeah, Joel. absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, I always think about gay education because I think it's so important to our community. Totally. Absolutely. We're at the stage where that is what is tripping us up. We all come into this community as like blind babies. Mm-hmm. We don't get taught anything in we our schools. We don't get to hold hands and, and all that sort of stuff no. that school does. Social, what do they call it? Social science or what social environment mm-hmm. class. Don't teach you anything about gay history or LGBT history. So when we finally come out and come into the community, we're empty. We have no knowledge, whereas... Yeah, completely. And, and so I think standing up for that in schools and not bending over and just Absolutely. Like, well, is so important. 
Yeah, at my school, in the one and only sex ed class that we had, which was run by our RA teacher. Great. We who would know told, better? Yeah, who would know better? We were told if two men have sex, they get AIDS, not HIV. And oh, also yeah, not totally. if one of them yeah, is yeah, HIV yeah. positive. It was yeah. it was a Catholic all-boys school. And we were told if two men have sex, you get AIDS. And I was sleeping with my wow. best friend. So mm. we both thought that we had AIDS for like six months until we actually learned about it. Yeah. And during the marriage equality debate, I wrote to my school saying, hey, this is the experience I had. Oh, and I hope you. that you're, you're not still treating yeah. kids the way that they are. And they actually wrote back a really nice message and said, look, we still uphold the Christian values, but we've had, you know, um, the last few years, boys bring boys to the formal and that sort of stuff. Which that's was pretty nice. progressive. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. See, my school have never reached out to me yet. They'll happily use my face on arts department marketing, <laughs> yeah. which my legal team has. I love that schools now have arts department marketing. I know, we just had yeah, like well, the newsletter that the, the, the receptionist had to photocopy and put in your school back. We well, you know I was yeah. the editor in chief of our student paper. Oh, really? And it was um it was a one sided black and white piece of paper that went round whenever the editor in chief felt like it. Yet under <laughs> my rule, we became a fifty page glossy full <laughs> spread magazine. We even did a September issue. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, with a completely black cover because that was the colour of our blazers with a W gold. Oh, because uh, I rebranded it to the Wesley Inquirer yeah. when I was in charge, and um, yeah, completely sucked the school drive black ink mm. doing those <laughs> yeah. completely yeah. black covers. Not to make it a little dark. Let's go. Dark. Well, we've gone. Dark the last like dark. Australian TV personality we had that I interviewed was actually a heterosexual man, mm. so I couldn't really ask him this question. Being so prominent in the industry, and obviously we're touching on it with our upbringing, but homophobia is a thing that's very real, mm-hmm. is still present oh, yeah. uh, in 2018, unfortunately. What does that look like for you being in the public eye, being in you know the industry working with you know typically conservative mm-hmm. companies as yeah. well, like, it can get you when you're not feeling like when you I don't know like I I, will, I probably would have gotten one while I've been sitting here talking to you guys. I get probably like six seven poorly spelt homophobic you know mm. tweets or inboxes that I actually they're normally inboxes because people are very spineless. But yeah, I don't are know. They slide into your DMs. Absolutely, yeah. Homophobic. Like kill yourself. Mm. Um, and you're like, oh, okay, come on, you got to do better than that. Yeah. Uh, but I have I was chased out of a town. Yeah. Of Colac in Victoria, which I've spoken about many times. But I was chased out of a town by like by you know homophobic assholes. Um, what like five years ago? So that was a that was a fun experience. Well, yeah, you know, I was going to actually ask you about that because you did you know you've had a few public feuds. You've vans. Joy. Oh. Russell Crowe was my favourite. Yes. <laughs> With the, um, what are they called? The little hoverboards. Hoverboards. Yes. They were the original um, Samsung Galaxy Note but 7. Y- this one was probably <laughs> the most poignant because it was a very homophobic attack that happened to you. And then you went back to Colac uh, with Reese Nicholson. Yeah, so I've been, I've been there three times. First time I went there, someone said something homophobic to me at a signing. I was unknown and I didn't care. Actually, yeah. someone goes, I don't normally like gays, but you're funny. And I'm just like, whatever, that's just a really, you've just not got a great education. No. Uh, and then a reporter heard it, printed an article in the paper being like, Joel Creasy gets abused at Gig and Colac. So then I get invited back to Colac to host an anti-homophobia event to prove that Colac isn't homophobic. But then the irony was that there were 20 people waiting outside to bottle me. Oh, because they'd read that article. Because they read that article. So 20 people to say, hey, we're not homophobic, but we're going to bottle you because you're a homo. So that was fun. Chased my car. It was, you know, it was quite scary. Like I was shaking, crying. Still had found time to tweet about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of blew up. Yeah. And then I went back a few years later to do a documentary 
documentary about Colac called Gay Crashes with Reese Nicholson about to discover whether Colac is homophobic or not. And look, I have not been back there in maybe four years, but spoiler alert, at the time, still very homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> with a small ABC film crew, you can't pick up people who are spineless driving past really quickly yelling out, faggots. We can't pick that up with two cameramen and a one sound guy. Like, yeah. You know, of course, everyone we spoke to in the documentary was pretty cool with it because they were on camera and yeah. had to mm. sign a release form. But all the stuff in the background was just ridiculous. It's interesting because um, Colac was one of the the top. It was number eleven of regions of Australia to vote yes within the. Um, oh really? Oh, that's Colac good game. news. But I think that that <laughs> is like, poignant. Get, get you, Joel you to leave us alone now. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, it's either that yeah. or you you fixed it. <laughs> well, the first time when I was actually properly chased out, there was a lot of obviously focus on the town, and the mayor went on radio and made it worse because he goes, "Well, it's not like he, you know, got a knife st- that's stuck right, in yeah. him or something." And they were like, "What? Like yeah. what?" That would have been better. But yeah. Then when we went back and filmed the documentary, there was this new mayor there called Lynn Russell, and she was pretty hip and yeah. she was very wise. But I think it sort of points out, like, which is something I've said a few times in this podcast, rural people in Australia, 99% are fucking lovely, welcoming people. Totally. Who are probably the people that are voting yes in the campaign. Yeah. It's also, though, that rural areas are where you've got your most isolated people that mm-hmm. um, feel like they have to express their opinions about how much they hate everybody well, yeah, as well, completely. Well, which is a very small percentage of the rural. That's my only homophobic story on touring, and I've toured every small, mm. tiny town in Australia mm. and played stages that aren't stages and the pool tables and stood mm. on bales of hay, and I've never... People go, oh, so what's your worst heckle? I don't get them, mm. and I've never had homophobic heckles. It's just not a thing that's happened to me. Well, you didn't get heckled by straight people, but I've. <laughs> yeah, when we well, hang out with our friends, you get heckled a little yeah. bit. Now, you are in the first healthy relationship I've seen you in. Oh, in the thank you. You're dating you. the gorgeous Jack Stratton-Smith. Yeah. Beautiful model. You're a very handsome man, but he is He's a super fucking model. stunning, gorgeous, yeah. tall. <laughs> is that hard? It's really hard. <laughs> it's actually the biggest knock to my ego because we'll go to restaurants and I'll be like, that table are going to come over for a photo. No, they're just staring at Jack because he, yeah. he really, every room he walks into, people are quiet. Yeah. He's actually quite breathtaking. And, and your ex-boyfriends, they've all been lovely, talented people, but They've all been this comedians. is the first time you've dated someone more attractive. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have okay. a few tags <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's also really nice. Yeah. I don't normally, I'm not normally attracted to nice people. Yeah. I've got, yeah. like, all my friends are fabulous, but I wouldn't really describe any of them as nice. Oh, fuck um, you. Um, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, got, no. Like, the funny of- thing is, I'm, you know me, like, I never really get along very well with, like, muscle, merry, beautiful, yeah. stunning guy. Like, I ignore them and go for the fat old queen in the corner that's yeah. singing <laughs> Sound of Music. But with Jack, I so love nice. him. He's, yeah. he's a beautiful person. Yeah, he's the best. And he's, yeah, he's just, and he's super supportive. Yeah. Whenever I buy, like, you know, a lot of the labels I will wear for work, he has modeled them in the catalog, which yeah. <laughs> kills me because I never look as good as him. Or if I buy new clothes, I'll say, can I please wear them first? And then you can have it after. Because yeah. otherwise, I'm just, it never looks the same. Yeah. Um, one of the funny things about Joel's boyfriend, Jack, is one of his first ever modeling gigs was, you know, there's t shirts where you can get something printed. Red Bubble, you know, Red, Red Bubble. Oh, Bubble. absolutely. And you yeah, can have yeah, whatever yeah. you want printed. He is yeah. the model on that one of the models on that website. So when you, you can upload oh, any image and it gives you a image. simple, a, a, a sample yeah. of the yeah. image. So he'll get, ta- like friends will see something pop up about, oh, like this um, Nazi American pro-Trump rally yeah. happened and they're selling t-shirts to promote their thing. It'll pop up with a picture of Joel's boyfriend because- Yeah, with like Make America Great Again. Yeah, 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 with a small sticker on it because that's what happens when you put it into the website. Yeah. You know you made it when the Nazis get you. Yeah, I exactly. Know. <laughs> really big time. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go, Jack gets so much attention and people, like, you know, like we'll go, we, we fly together all the time. I fly every day. I'm a top, top, top level. 
level frequent flyer and it's my one joy in life because I do I've worked so hard for that status yeah. and we'll sit on the plane and Jack with no airline status will get complete like the flight attendants will bend over backwards for him and do whatever they can and last row of economy they'll bring him down like a business class yeah. meal I'm like what why are you doing this to me I fly every day so I go to Montreal the one place I think oh you know no one's going to mention him here and I and he opened, wasn't with you he wasn't with me travelling with me either I was there to film a Netflix special I was feeling very up myself and I opened the gift bag at the Just for Last most prestigious comedy festival in the world and pull out a a flyer for some comedy t-shirt company. I don't even know what the company was, but it was Jack from the bloody <laughs> Red Bubble sign. And I thought, oh my God, I wonder how many gay comedians in Montreal are jerking off over him tonight. Well, I guess speaking of gay comedians, back in the day, the black and white days when Tom and I yeah, were kids, we, mm-hmm. we didn't really have many gay comedians or like actual LGBT comedians. Certainly not hosting. But now... You know, we've talked about Nanette and Mm -hmm. Hannah Gatsby. Uh, Reese Nicholson is constantly in some sort of promoted Facebook post (laughs) in my feed. Tom Ballard. You know, we've got quite a range of openly gay, outspoken as well, LGBT comedians. Mm. Is is there like a crew of gay comedians? We used to be very close, all of us. And then we used to have a thing called... um, uh, what do we call Gay Sundays or something really basic? And then, uh, and we used to be really close. And then I ended up sleeping with one of them and kind of ruined it for for all of us. We asked just to be clear, still- not one of those three that you just yeah, mentioned. yeah. But if you could let us know, so we could tag them <laughs> yeah, sure. in the post. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Actually, you could do with a tag. <laughs> And it's quite quite nice. Like I was speaking, I had dinner with Reese the other night, and it's kind of nice to talk to someone who's gone through the industry in the same way you have as a gay, a young gay person. But we were mm. all in the same little kind of like f- like wave of people to come Australia. through. And I can't it is interesting because when you think of gay comedians on Australian television prior to that bubble of you, Josh, who we make fun of but adore, um, yeah, like- Ballard, Reese Nicholson, uh, Nathan Valvo, um, Hannah Gadsby, that sort of thing. There was sort of like a, a big wave. Prior to that, it was. On television, really, sort of Adam Richard and Scott Brennan, and they yeah. they had to fight hard just to sort of be the sidekick or get an occasional appearance. Yeah. Whereas now, or they'd be booked as the gay, the person gay doing the, the gay, gossip yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Now <laughs> you filmed uh, your comedy special in Montreal, as we said um, recently for Netflix. Yes. Do you sort of think it's sort of like every comedian, or especially gay Australian comedians, goal to make? their own Netflix special now? Well, I think it's weird. Like, it's now like Netflix is the greatest honour amongst comedians yeah. and it's not been around that long. But I, I keep saying in interviews, oh, it's been a dream my whole life to be on Netflix. And then I realised Netflix has not been that <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Look, Hannah's show I saw live, loved, watched it on Netflix, loved it. I get asked a lot about Hannah because I'll be the next Australian comedian on Netflix. I'll be the next gay comedian on Netflix. And there's a lot of pressure. And I think, I guess, though, they've chosen me because I couldn't be further from what Hannah does. Mm. And I always say at the start of my stand-up shows, look, if you're coming to learn something, I don't do political comedy. I don't do any of that. I don't do highbrow comedy. It's not how I roll. If anything, you'll leave dumber, but we'll have a good time. Mm. So I can't do that thoughtful comedy like Hannah does. So I guess that's why they've chosen me. But it is nice because there is a focus on Australian comedy. So thank you, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) What I am really excited about when I saw that they announced you, Hannah, and Nazim getting Netflix specials. Mm-hmm. You know, Hannah is a lesbian, you're a gay man, and Nazim is a Muslim mm-hmm. as- 
Australian. Yeah. When we and we're talking about you know what the comedy scene looked like twenty years ago, that is a huge change from the people that were getting through to commercial television. We are. Ve- I know we're very diverse. Yeah. Like yeah, look at all Australia's. That's why I always think look at all Australia's um, Eurovision acts. I mean that is you know we are Eurovision is the poster child for diversity. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I think fun. that's a, I think that's a feather in your bone. You should be a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to people. I'm also looking forward to seeing it dubbed in different languages. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if they're going to use someone as nasal voiced yeah. as me. <laughs> Do you get paid per country for what it goes to? I wish. Oh, I wish. I'm not good with saying thank you to people. I wasn't. Neither am I. I wasn't or apologising. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't raised right. But I'd like to say thank you for coming on our show. You're very welcome. And, well, um, I'm loving the podcast. It is thank good fun, you. isn't yeah. it? Who's the Samantha? Thanks for having me. Darling. Pleasure. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks. Thank you as well to Joel Creasy for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. We'll love you forever. Thank you in advance. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gays Revolting. And you can always join our Facebook group if you want to suggest some topics. Or just send us personal DMs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We love it. They're hilarious. Make more memes of Kyle. Yeah, we love What? Specifically me? (laughs) Why? I thought we all had... Wait, is there another one I didn't know about? so lovely seeing you all again. Love hanging out. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.